Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we are going to discuss some in-depth Facebook ad strategies for Black Friday, Cyber Monday 2020. It's right around the corner. Not sure if you've heard of, of Black Friday yet, but certainly you're going to walk away with a lot of ideas today on what to do. And in the past, we have done several episodes in years past where we really exhaustively walk through like, this is the strategy. This is what each audience is going to look like. We got very technical with it. This year, we're going to go higher level and more strategic. And we're going to walk through like, okay, what can we learn from last year? What's the strategy this year? And then what are our 2020 specific considerations? So I think that's going to provide a lot of value for everybody. And joining me to discuss it is frequent uh, recurring guest, Kurt Bullock. He's founder of an e-commerce marketing agency. The produce department has a ton of e-commerce experience, knows Facebook ads backwards and forwards. And that's why for years he has been our strategic marketing partner at EtherCycle. And uh, we still uh, greatly enjoy that relationship. Mr. Bullock, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kurt. Happy to be here. All right. Uh, so give me, well, all right. What's the, let's open up with like, what is the one key takeaway you want people to have when thinking about their Facebook ads for 2020? The one thing that if they, they need this piece of advice so that they could just quit listening. Let's, let's lead with value. All right. That's a hard one, but I would probably sum it up as uh, being prepared because this year is all over the place. We don't exactly know what uh, Black Friday is going to look like this year. And so I like to go, ooh, <laughs> be prepared. A little dramatic. Yes. Be prepared. No, I just talk, I like to have optionality built into what I'm doing. Pre, okay. you know, yeah. So have give yourself options so that you're not scrambling at the last minute if things go differently than you might have expected. I like that. That is that is good advice. So we're going for a uh, a more risk averse strategy. And one interesting thing I saw on a Facebook group this morning, uh, Mark Aruda from Constantly Varied Gear said, "I don't know what's going." He said, "I'm paraphrasing," but he basically said, "We don't know what's going to happen in November and on Black Friday, and go, we really don't." Because the election is this wild card and the pandemic is like there's it is so different and weird in 2020. And he said, so we're, we're going to run an early bird sale in at the end of October. And then that way we have at least we know, you know, we we hedged our bets. We we took our shot, you know, however you want to phrase it. So I I think I like where your head's at. Um, um, yeah, I've got I've seen that strategy. A lot of people are planning on doing things early this year. The one thing that you kind of are, you know, playing with is uh, people are in a like super high intent shopping mindset near Black Friday. And so you you definitely get that benefit when you're running your ads over that time. And also, you know, like if you are running your ads and, and your promotion too early, you know, most often you're probably still going to be doing something over Black Friday uh, as well. So you're going to have multiple promotions running in a short period of time. So you kind of have to hold those two things in tension and figure out. Uh, what to do. But we do have a lot of clients that have already started uh, doing promotions just to get, you know, because there's a lot of uh, concern about getting products on time and not well, having things yes. be sold out. Yeah. So the, the concerns that merchants have and customers alike have are, are we going to be able to get our stuff in time? Both can 
the you know can the inventory reach the merchant and the warehouse because we don't know like we're still seeing bottlenecks and the effects of essentially losing up to 10 weeks of production time in q2 and um and once uh, orders start being placed well all these carriers are already slammed so what's that going to look like when things hit their peak in the first week of december like what kind of delays and slowdowns are we going to see so i don't think it's going to be like a complete shipping apocalypse but you know maybe things will be be delayed a few days but the the deadlines that all the shipping carriers gave for this year they're, they're essentially the same as last year they, yeah they're the same as last year i was surprised to see that yeah i thought it would be at least a little bit more conservative than what they did um but i also know like this it's no surprise to anybody so they've now they have been um they're already weeks or possibly months into hiring additional couriers staff etc right so uh and certainly like we're oh, some subconsumers are already shopping we knew that subconsumers always did shop in october now they just have a really good excuse right yeah, Google did a bunch of surveying recently, and uh, you know I, their results said that two thirds of shoppers planned to uh, you know start their shopping extra early this year because of those inventory issues and just fear of like delivery, like that their stuff's not going to make it in time. So I think it justifies you know all of that and more justifies moving your start dates up and and talking about those things in your messaging, um, and it also has the effect of. Um, I mean, there's there's some real potential scarcity uh, here with all of this too. Um, you know, making sure that your products are um, available on the site and and you get first pick if you're a shopper. So heading into the holidays, high level, what is the strategy that you're planning on that works for Facebook ads in you know, Black Friday 2020? What's this look like? So super high level is that you know, traffic costs go up in Q4, but purchase intent is at an all-time high, right? So in the lead up to Black Friday, we want to expose as many people up to our, uh, ex expose as many people to our brand as we can, so that we become part of their holiday shopping list. Um, people that already know your brand are more likely to purchase on Black Friday than somebody who that uh, that has never heard of you. Um, so. Right now, in the time you know, from this point up until the time that you launch your promotion, is the time to focus on prospecting audiences, reaching new people, and warming up those lists. While there's still less competition, uh, traffic costs are lower. Although we still have election spending and things happening that are jacking up our prices, um, but that's that's the the general strategy between now and Black Friday is warming up your traffic, building your email list and getting uh, some mind share in the heads of your customers so that you can secure your spot on their shopping list. So that's pre-holiday. Um, the next stage is gonna be during the holiday, that's launching your promotions. This is where I'll usually switch from being so prospecting heavy to really leaning hard on those retargeting audiences that I built um, pre-holidays. So that will generally look like, um, uh, you know, targeting my engaged list. Um, so people that have engaged on social media, my email lists, uh, people that have visited the website, uh, and past purchasers as well, if you choose to include them. Some people uh, ex exclude those lists, but uh, I like to include them. 
And then the final stage is after your big sale. And that's just keeping up the momentum, um, talking about giftability and highlighting the last day to ship before the holidays. So that's, that's the high level. There's before, during, and after, right? And you kind of switch who you're focusing on during those three time periods. Okay, so at the start, I want, so from now, and ideally like starting weeks ago, you're intentionally doing things to put yourself in a position to have really strong retargeting opportunities during the holidays. Is that like the, er, the, the, the pregame strategy? Right, and just another sort of, data point on that. I've looked back this year at all of our clients' ad accounts uh, and done a delayed attribution uh, report. So essentially looking at um, you know, what was the ROAS during, let's say, you know, the first uh, few weeks of November. Um, and what you'll find is that it's typically low. Um, but if you look at the delayed attribution, we saw in many of our audiences um, a 1.8 multiplier, 2x multiplier. So essentially, uh, you know, if you were getting a 2x ROAS in those weeks leading up to Black Friday, and normally you might be used to something else, we would see that those audiences that you warmed up converted really well. So if you had a 2x, you know, multiplier, that means they ended up buying during the sale, and you could see that they turned out being worth uh, or generating a 4x return on ad spend. To get that, you have to look at your full 28-day uh, attribution in Facebook, and that's how you can see that that data um, looking back. Okay. So yes, those audiences convert really well come holidays. And so the reason, and the reason I want to do this is number one, it is unlikely I'm going to have luck targeting brand new customers on Thanksgiving and then getting them to make a purchase in the next 48 hours from that point. And on exactly. top of that. Even if I were to go with that strategy, I would pay outrageously higher than average ad costs because of the sheer volume of advertising occurring during this time. And then you know we'll we'll talk about it. But in 2020, this gets way worse than in years past. Right. Theoretically. Right. Okay. And then during so yeah, right now I'm I'm focused on uh build. Build my my audience, my prospecting audience, people who are familiar with the brand or on my email list or are pixeled are in a custom audience, but have not necessarily made a purchase or made a purchase, you know, two years ago. Now we want to get them reengaged. Then during we're going to launch our promos, focus on retargeting audiences uh, from Black Friday until into December and then uh, like early days in December. And then stage three is just my uh, mind share through December where it's like, maybe we get repeat purchases. Maybe we pick up the stragglers. Maybe you forgot to get a gift. And it's just about like staying top of mind as much as possible. And then I see also creating urgency along the way. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So that largely a, the same strategy as in years past, just now the stakes are even higher. Right. There's a little okay. more uncertainty uh, this year. <laughs> Oh, certainly. Well, that sort of describes <laughs> everything about 2020. Yeah, oh, 2020. Always oh, coming after me. Uh, so let's uh, any more details there or do you want to do your your 2019 postmortem? Let's jump into 2019 and right. uh, I'm sure some stuff will pop up there. All right, let's do that. And then we'll 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 return to 2020 with our, our 2020 considerations because I have I got some notes here and it's interesting. But yeah, let's get okay. the, the postmortem. All right. So 
I made some notes uh, last year, right after the holidays. And so I'll be drawing from those here. Um, but in some sales started earlier last year than in previous years. Um, if you, you know, I, I had written that if you had started your sale uh, earlier than Thanksgiving, those were essentially bonus days. We saw clients that um, had exceptionally high ROAS on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, and, you know, that was, that's earlier than we ran ads in previous years. And this year, of course, I think it's going to be even earlier than that. But um, so last year we saw if you started early, you got great numbers. And part of that is because the competition was a little bit lower. It's easier to get the attention of your uh, of your list. And the cost of traffic was uh, a little bit lower because the you know mayhem hadn't started yet for Black Friday. Yeah, so on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, customers were buying, revenue was strong, uh, store conversion rates went up, but overall the cost of acquisition was higher for many uh, advertisers compared to 2018. Um, and if we just look at the specific days, like Black Friday, uh, I saw Black Friday peaked in the morning at 9 a.m. Uh, and then sort of trailed uh, during the middle of the day and picked back up in the p.m. But it, the peak for, for Black Friday was was in the morning. Um, on on uh, Saturday and Sunday, most of our ad accounts saw a dip. Uh, the purchasing slowed down. Uh, and so I generally pulled spend down and reapplied that, just reallocated it to Monday for Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday, it's a work day. So it was a little bit uh, alarming in the morning to see sales start really slowly, but it picked up and Cyber Monday peaked in the evening, right? As everybody got home from work, uh, you know, got the kids in bed, they were sitting down on the couch. That was when we saw, you know, all peak sales on Cyber Monday. So the accounts that did the best, I think, were those that really focused on I think the most important thing is having a compelling offer. We had accounts that switched up their offers throughout their promotion period, which worked really well. Um, it allowed us to hit the audience a little bit uh, harder because it wasn't the same offer throughout the entire promotion. Um, you know, in, I'm thinking of one ad, one ad account in particular, there was an offer running sort of continuously through the promotion, um, through, through the holidays. And then they had specific ads running on Black Friday and another one for Cyber Monday, different ads, uh, different offers, different creative. Um, and that made it so that even though we had already reached most of our audience with really high spend on Black Friday, we were still able to hit them again on Cyber Monday and uh, generate really solid returns. So having different offers was helpful. Now, one side note on that. We did have clients that would um, up, let's say they were giving 25% off on Black Friday and then on Cyber Monday, they went to 30% or, or something that was the same offer, but better. That can cause problems. There were a lot of customer service uh, requests there um, for people that felt slighted. So well, could you can, exclude recent purchasers to try and avoid that? You can, and that's a good idea. Um, you know, one, it's, it's not going to be surefire because Facebook only has a, you know, there's a match rate there. And so some certain percentage of people aren't going to be matched by Facebook as having made a purchase or, or making it onto those lists. If you're synchronizing from Clavio, it'll work, it'll work well, but some people, exactly. It's imperfect. It'll work, but, it, but people will slip through the cracks. Another way to go is just to switch up your offers. Um, 
so that you know if you have a discount on one day then maybe on another day you've got a buy one get one um, or you introduce a new product or, or something like that so discounts worked really well but as i was just talking about um the i think the ad accounts that were the most profitable were those that got creative with their offers um so we had accounts that launched new black friday uh specific products right uh, a new product on Black Friday um, or limited run products. So that's, oh, yeah, that, that kills. That, you do an exclusive limited edition free gift with purchase on Black Friday, where it's like, oh, you want this one thing? Well, the only day you can get it is today. And by spending at least 50 bucks, buy whatever you want. And then it's also usually covered with like, coupled with a site wide sale. Those kill. So good. And it doesn't even have to be an extraordinary thing, it can be like a lapel pin. Right. Yeah, that did really well last year. And so I think that that's a great strategy. Um, another strategy is uh, bundling or, you know, buy one, get one, that sort of thing. And I think that that is, besides offering a new product um, and not providing big discounts on that product, buy one, get one can often provide the most margin um, if you do that. And that's something that I like to do in the um, prep stage is, is build it out on a spreadsheet and see what what your numbers actually look like uh, if you're including a free gift, uh, if you're doing a buy one, get one, or if you're uh, uh, doing some sort of a discount, just to make sure that your numbers make sense, uh, especially you could plug in last year's numbers and see uh, you know, if my cost per acquisition were similar to, to what it was last year, how would I turn out this year? And that can be your starting point. Um, so definitely a useful, um, a useful exercise. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in our planning stage. but. So yeah, and then I've got more detailed uh, things about like if C you know CBO. A lot of people were really concerned about uh, campaign budget optimization last year, and if it was going to spend all your money in the first hour that you turned it on, or how it was going to pace. I had really good results with it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't have any accounts where the spend went crazy and then left me dry the rest of the day. I actually saw it the spend go up and down throughout the day. Um, with those patterns that I just described with high, you know, in, in the morning and in the afternoon on Black Friday and spend actually slowed down in the middle of the day, which um, is what you would hope for, I think. So CBO worked great last year. Um, let me see what other, well, let me just give a caveat there too. CBO works really great if you have lots of data. Um, so with these promotions, uh, you know, if you're setting up a promotion that is just going to run on Black Friday, and then you're setting up a campaign that's just going to run on Black Friday, um, it's only got 24 hours to optimize. And uh, so, I like to use CBO if I'm doing high volume um, and, and spending quite a bit. For some of my maybe lower volume campaigns, sometimes I'll break it out and have it be a little bit more manual using um, ABO, which is where you're setting the budget manually at the ad set level. Anyhow, CBO worked great last year. I'm going to use it again this year. Um, so it was, it made things easier for me, actually. And this was like a, for people who aren't familiar, this was a big deal. Like the, uh, I follow a lot of Facebook ads masters on Twitter, and it, there was a lot of hand wringing and nervousness around campaign budget optimization and what's it going to do? What's that end result going to be? Um, and it sounds like you're like, look, it, it's positive. Yeah, it worked well for me. There were a couple couple guys that I heard from that they had spend go go awry 
um, or it spent everything in one audience and not another. For me, it worked really well, but that's, that's why I talked sort of about optionality at the beginning. For most of my accounts, if I have any concern, if CBO hasn't performed well for me in the past during the year, then I'll, I'll build out both versions and I'll just start them up and kill whichever one doesn't work. If I'm looking to spend, uh, you know, 20,000 bucks, I'll build two $10,000, you know, campaigns um, and, and then just kind of kill one and, and zhuzh the other uh, just to see what's one, you know, depending on which one's working. Hold up. Let's take a quick break to dispel a common myth. Shopify can help you restore things you've deleted or accidentally changed. Untrue. It can't. Myth busted. Shopify has no backups. None that are accessible to you in the event of a disaster anyway. So what do you do? What do you do? Well, you use Rewind. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone rogue. It's a must-have for your store's contingency plan. Trusted by over 25,000 businesses, from side hustles to the biggest plus stores like Movement, Gatorade, and Magnolia, Rewind is your very own magic undo button. Check it out at Rewind.io or search Rewind in the Shopify app store. And when you do install Rewind, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention the unofficial Shopify podcast to get your first month absolutely free. That's Rewind.io. Get it. And now back to the show. So what are, give me an example of what's a, a promote, you said the offer is really important. What's a lukewarm offer? What are some offers that people are just going to yawn and move on? So it's super dependent on your audience. And as the store owner, you're going to know what your customers really go gaga for, right? What they're going to respond to, whether it's a certain product, um, right? That has sold really well during the year. That might be what you go into uh, Black Friday with is promoting that product, something that has done really well. I had some clients that um, you don't have to discount, but if you are going to discount, I don't think it's very beneficial to go with a lukewarm discount, right? If yeah, you like offer 10%, 10, I'm just going to exactly. like, whatever. Right, nobody cares about yeah. that. It's better not to discount and, and just improve your offer in some other way if, if that's you know really what you need to do to be, make it profitable. It, depending on like 10%, depending on where they're at, that's not going to cover sales tax. Right. That's the problem with it. Like I think 15, if you're going to do straight percentage, 15 is your minimum. 20, 25 is going to be like, that's all right. That's a good deal where that's a good enough excuse. If I was thinking about making a decision and then 30 plus, that's going to really warrant my attention where I might make a purchase I wasn't otherwise considering. Exactly. And, and, you know, 10%, you can get that from an email opt-in in most cases as well. So right. when I make a purchase online, I'm like the mit, I just, I almost expect to get a 10% discount. Like there, I will go looking for the coupon. I will guess at coupon codes. 10% <laughs> isn't special. Like that's the minimum. I, yeah, I'm that uh, the annoying customers uh, will guess at coupon codes. I'll ask on live chat. I'll be like, I'm about to make a purchase. Are there any, any promotions I should know about? <laughs> You'd be super, you know, like one out of 10 times it works. Or sometimes I, I, in a retail store, I'll go, uh, hey, do you offer a, a good guy discount? I'm a good guy. You're a good guy. And when it works, I feel like I won the lottery. It's always fun. I've never tried the good guy discount. Try so. the good guy discount. I learned about it, uh, I believe, on This American Life on NPR. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So don't half-ass it with your discount if you're going to discount. <laughs> okay. But I think there's other ways to do it, too. Like, all right, if you're going to do... 
you're going to do something crazy like site-wide, 50% off. Do it as a tiered discount where it's like, all right, you know, uh, either a Shopify script or use coupon code, whatever, to get, you know, 10% off purchases up to $25, 20% off purchases up to $50, 40% off purchases $100 or more. And then that way you really up the average order value. And it's a little more fun and interesting than just like straight site-wide single discount. But I also, I love free gift with purchase. And if you're like, look, it's too late. I don't have the time. I can't come up with a free gift to do, um, or I don't want to do a discount. The other way to do it is free gift card with purchase. I think that's clever. Yeah. And and I've got some clients that have, um, uh, they can't offer discounts on some of their brands that they carry, right? Uh, right, yeah, minimum advertised price policy stops you. It, it, exactly. And so you can sort of get around that by by offering a, a gift card. And so, hey, spend over a hundred bucks and we'll give you, you know, $25 gift card or whatever it might be. And that's another way to, to kind of get around that a little bit. Smart. So that is my, those are my notes on 2019. Okay, let's jump straight to 2020. What's different? What do we need to... Well, tell me what I should be wringing my hands over and losing sleep about this year. Right. Um, so we've got election costs. We've got, uh, you know, everybody pouring money into the elections. That's driving up our costs right now. Um, it's going to be over, then, though. Yeah, that's annoying because while I'm trying to, you're, you're saying, hey, we got to do audience building right now. But it, oh, I got election money is really ramping up my ad costs right now. So it's like November 4th is when I yeah. really get to is when I should really ramp up my budget to build those warm audiences. Exactly. So, I mean, right now, this has been this week in particular. Um, well, for those who are listening to this later, I think it's the 22nd of October. This has been a rough Yeah, today's week. the 22nd when we're recording this. Um, it, this episode will go live uh, seven days from today. Okay. So, it's it's been all over the place this week uh, in terms of performance. Lots of people are, are reporting bad return on ad spend and elevated costs. So it's a little bit unstable right now. I have heard from my reps that on the fourth, they expect things to, to be cheaper. So anyhow, there's that consideration. Um, there's election outcome consideration. And if that causes any sort of you know instability in any way or, or just what that looks like, um, there is uh, also big box retailers right now, you know, there's the list I've got in front of me, and I don't know if this is updated or not, but Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Guitar Center, REI, Dillard's, Neiman Marcus, all these guys have announced that they're not going to be open on Thanksgiving this year. And so they're going to be- Last year, they all were. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so this year, you know, to avoid the the crowds and everything associated with, uh, well, the, any negative effects from COVID, they're shutting down pointing their their efforts to their e-commerce stores so i think are, that's been you said they're gonna yeah. be closed they won't be open on thanksgiving this year are stores gonna be closed on black friday yes many of them will be many of these big big box stores are going to be closed on black friday be Whoa. good to, yeah i'm looking up stores the list of retail stores that are going to be closed on the list of stores they'll be closed on thanksgiving it may as well just be all of them including like simon property group so the biggest right. mall landlord in the country. Um, and trying to find like, who's going to be closed on black Friday An official. Yeah. All I could, I Googled it. And it's all like stores closed on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's what I found as well. Weird. So 
Yeah, but so as a shopper, you're not going to be on the town. All the stores are going to be closed. Uh, and so that is going to have the effect of driving people to do, you know, they're all going to be doing their shopping online. Um, so that's a positive for, for, you know, online store owners. The potential downside is that these big box stores are also going to be promoting those stores with paid ads. And so that's one more, you know, thing that's going to be driving our costs up um that it may look different than it did last year okay yeah no certainly like what do they get they're not just going to give up on that revenue they're going right. to use their websites and why shouldn't they right um so yes traffic costs uh crazy prime day was another consideration and i'm not sure really what we did you're right had. you know i didn't even it's funny you mentioned that it didn't even occur to me black or at least not recently for when is prime day normally Prime Day's, uh, I'll probably get it wrong, but I think it's in July, but it's in the summer normally. That feels, July feels right to me. I'm going to go with that yeah. too. Ignoring that we could both easily Google it, but it's in the right. summer. And so they said, hey, we're going to push it back. Hey, we're going to, like, they kept pushing it back until it ended up running in the middle of October, which is where, yep. like, by the time you're in mid-October, a lot of, you're starting to see sales for Black Friday deferred. So, yep. you know, I... I don't know what the results of Prime Day were for Amazon, but we know certainly there were people who made, um, who did some of their Black Friday shopping right then. Though truthfully, like most of Prime Day sales is just like, let's clear out the inventory <laughs> in preparation. Like it just feels like a, a flea market. It's a lot of junk. Unless you're yeah. into Amazon hardware. Like I bought a few more uh, Echoes because, you know, I need like 25 of those things. I bought the I wanted, new... When I say Alexa, I just want to hear a chorus of the thing responding. <laughs> I got the uh, new Eero Pros, the uh, version six. Oh, um, I I'm jealous. I got they. Those are sweet. They were they were only discounting version five, so I had to pay full. <laughs> full. <laughs> so on Prime Day, you paid full retail for an item. Yeah, I'm moving right now, and I. I didn't That's an ideal scenario for them. <laughs> Yes, so I paid full price on Prime Day, I believe, for those. But I'm excited to get them. Yeah, another cool. If you're look, uh, you know what? We'll plug it. If you're looking for really good Wi-Fi, and being that we're all working from home now, uh, Eero, the Eero Mesh Wi-Fi system, incredibly good. I have it. You have it. We got other friends who have it. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. More considerations. Uh, so I mentioned Google did did some. Well, so Prime Day kicking off. You know, there's people that have done Black Friday. Uh, sorry holiday shopping during prime day it also may have the effect of just sort of kicking off the holiday shopping season earlier that could be kind of a you know um interesting yeah it's getting people in that mode they're already holiday shopping now so I i'm not sure what effect that'll have but uh google did a survey that said 77 percent of people they surveyed will will be browsing for gift ideas online and not in store specifically not in store um so there's going to be a lot of people looking um well, doing holiday shopping online that they might otherwise do walking from store to store in person. So that would be interesting. Um, I'm going to be running more Instagram story ads, uh, which are really good for browsing with gift ideas. Um, let's see if I can take advantage of some of that. And then Shopify, uh, sorry, I can't talk here. Shopify surveyed their plus merchants about uh, the timing of their 2020 campaigns. And I think something like two thirds of respondents said they were planning to start uh, their Black Friday promotion sometime during the week of the 16th, which is that's two weeks. Early. You know, from the people I've talked to, that that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, that lines right up with what our clientele is doing. Interesting. Yeah. 
So it, it will be uh, interesting. And if you're going to be doing, you know, if you're going to be starting two weeks before Black Friday, are you going to just run a promotion for two weeks, uh, you know, any, it, the two weeks before Black Friday and include Black Friday? Or are you going to have different, you know, are you going to separate it in the middle? It just, you have to think through that. And that's kind of an interesting thing that we don't normally see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything else there? I think that that is, that's primarily it. We're going to see shopping patterns, I hope, come really focus in on e-commerce, but we're juggling higher, you know, in uncertainty and instability uh, around this time as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I happen to think that we're going to see a really strong uh, Q4 for e-commerce stores, but we'll see how it pans out. You know, and the other thing we haven't brought up that will make a difference is, you know, as of this time, there's still no movement on a, uh, a stimulus program in the U.S. And right. they're like really close to almost not quite passing one. But if they do and people know like, all right, I'm, I got checks coming and they were big checks last time, uh, that will make a massive difference. Those stimulus checks, we saw it. It really did make uh, a, a sizable and measurable impact in e-commerce. And so if those show, if we know those are coming or they show up, you know, in the early December, end of November, wow, that would really, that would really be something. Um, yeah. That certainly would nothing I would count fire. on. Right. I mean, just the way things are going. Uh, yeah. No, there's that. Um, all right. We're coming to the end of our time together. Can I pick your brain? Yes. So the... What's a uh, a good budget here? We've got, or like relative, you know, like if you normally spend X, try spending this or a formula. What would your advice be when you have a client that's like, what's a good budget for this? So I usually think about it in terms of multiples of your normal monthly spend. So, and that just helps kind of set some, some uh, I don't know, a little bit more realistic expectations. If you're spending 5,000 bucks a month, uh, normally you're not going to be able to spend $50,000 over Black Friday, right? That's not going to work. So I usually think about it, uh, at least not profitably. I think about it in terms of, you know, a multiple one, two, three times your normal monthly spend is a good starting point. Um, so a lot of our clients, like if, if they're spending, um, let's say 25,000 bucks uh, a month, maybe we're going to focus that uh, and, and go for double, you know, two exit. Um, that seems to be that I, that was reasonable. We did that last year um, because essentially you're you're targeting all of the retargeting audiences you built up for the last 180 days, right? Because Facebook Pixel has six months uh, look back window, um, and so you can target all. So that's why you want to be prospecting in all the time leading up to the holidays, so that you have that really big audience that you can draw from um, and actually spend what you want to spend. Um, so so that's one way to think about it. The other way is um if you have a budget right if if you say hey we've you know we've got twenty thousand dollars or whatever it might be for this period of time then i would break that down into all right how am i going to use it in my before my during and my after uh and i would probably break that down to something like uh maybe 30 percent in the beef in the ramp up and then 50 percent of that budget during the actual promotion and then save it 20 percent for the remainder Okay, that's actually that's really good. Uh, for funsies, what is what are some of the bigger budgets that you're going to play with this year? Um, 
I have got budgets uh, that, let's see, if I'm doing it daily, I've got people that'll be spending uh, Twenty-five to thirty-five thousand dollars a day will be probably my highest, my big spenders this year. Whoa, that's pretty good. Yeah, I know there's it, people who are like, "Well, I spend six million dollars in six weeks." Right. Like, I can't conceive of that of that kind of ad spend. But like, you know, tens of thousands a day. I think for the vast majority of people, that is a big marketing budget. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of stores will be spending less than that. Uh, you know, even if you're doing. Um, I mean, one that just brings up one other point. If you're doing, if you're doing, have a lot of spend, you can experiment a little bit more, right? And you can take a little bit more risks with what you're building out. You maybe throw in some prospecting. Maybe you try a different type of bidding than you normally try. Of course, I would have the other one already built up as a, a backup. But if you're a smaller store, you want to take more of a, a sure-footed approach. And to me, that means. Uh, really probably if you really are focusing on getting the most for your dollars during uh, Black Friday, and that's the most important thing to you rather than getting new customers or uh, that sort of, you know, it, profit over just the total number of purchases, right? Then I would set up cost caps. That's worked really well for me. And I would also, uh, so I personally, I'll be setting up CBO campaigns, um, targeting your mid funnel, your website. So that's your engagers. Your mid funnel, the rest of your mid funnel is going to be like your email list, your website visitors, and then customers if you want to mix them in there. And then I would also have a dynamic product ads um, campaign that just is blasting DPA ads to people. Those worked really well last year. But those are going to be kind of like the the most sure thing. And if you have a cost cap in there, that will make sure that your spend isn't uh, wasted. I, I mean, if it works right. <laughs> you know, Kurt Bullock, I'm starting to think you're good at Facebook ads. Right on. <laughs> uh Talk to me about, I got, well, contented formats. So you have years of experience and have spent untold sums of money on Facebook ads. Uh, what, what seems to be like some consistent keys to these are, these are ads that work. These are thumb stoppers, whether it be the format, the content, the message. I bet you have a sense when you look at an ad, either like this one's not going to go well, this one's going to do well. What are those, what do you, what are the, the, the red flags or um, those indicators for you. So for for the holidays, I break them down into you know if I'm doing any prospecting, those are going to look a certain way versus my remarketing. If I'm doing prospecting, um, you know we we still need to show people the value of the product and introduce ourselves that sort of thing. But during these these promotions like Black Friday, I focus a lot on just getting people the details of the of the the sale right. Um, really focusing on the the incentive, right? That it's it's twenty five percent off, or buy one get one, that sort of thing, and have the product uh, definitely featured in your ad. Um, things that I would say don't do is going to be things like um, having a fade in. If you're doing video, don't fade from black uh, into it. You're, you're wasting a half a second right there. You've only got three seconds um, or less until somebody scrolls right past your ad. So I like to open with the fire right right immediately show them what the deal is that's what they want to know if it's you know on a black friday day uh day like black friday is what what are the details of the sale what sort of products do you have uh and and just get that click so i'm when it comes to video shorter videos are working well um like 15 second videos okay. um and then we had uh, you seconds. know sorry yeah so nice short videos i mean last year we had a client, uh, shared client, you and I, that did 
like home shopping network style ads. And oh, those, God, those were fun. Yeah, those worked so well because they were entertaining. So they, they drew you in right right away. And you, I mean, my, that's a really creative solution, right? I don't have many clients that are doing that sort of thing, but they worked really well. They drew you into um, the, the story and then they, they ran through 10 different products in the process, uh, you know, and so you got to see what was being offered. That, that was awesome. Yeah, no, it was, that was a really clever way to do it. Those were smart. Uh, and finally, do you have any downloads for us? I do. If you visit um, the website, my website, it's producedept.co slash q4. Producedepartment.co. Um, you got D-E-P-T. it. Yep. Slash q4. And uh, I'll have a lot of these points uh, summarized in a guide that you can download. Sweet. Otherwise, uh, and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Okay, great. If you have any questions about any of this, I uh, want to bat some ideas around, um, hit me up on Twitter. It's just at uh, Kurt Bullock, K-U-R-T-B-U-L-L-O-C-K. Uh, and I'm, I'm totally happy to talk through any of these ideas with you. I got that in the show notes as well. This has been uh, incredibly informative and you are full of great advice. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it as well. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening.